repeat myself, repeat myself to know I'm not alone. This is Cautious Clay, aka Joshua Carpe, along with ace guitarist Julian Lodge. And the new Cautious Clay album titled Carpe has just been released on Blue Note Records. Mixing elements of indie, folk, R&B, and jazz, Carpe is a unique collection of songs that are all about family. Here's Joshua to explain. Everything from the title to essentially uh, the concept as it starts is very much relating to like my family. Like the yep. name Carpe is obviously a family name. And so I was trying to essentially go in chronological order from the beginning of the album, kind of starting with like my life, early stages of music and like growing up in Ohio, obviously with the song Ohio and sort of just like, sort of like some of my earliest experiences with family members and growing up in this particular area. And then kind of going from there into the second section, which you had sort of mentioned which is the honeymoon phase of exploration. Yep. And that was essentially me kind of expanding my repertoire as an artist and a human being and experimenting with psychedelic drugs, understanding different conceptions of intimacy with, um, with my relationships um, and sort of like how that sort of has affected my, my growth with um, in relationship to my family. Yep. And then the third section, which is the, the solitude section, uh, the final section and it's it's really just kind of like me sort of like analyzing who I am when no one is watching and so that's sort of like the more um, I would say like instrumental kind of element of the album songs like Yesterday's Price and Tears of Fate um, these sort of encapsulate just like who I was before I was kind of known as mostly just a vocalist I'm obviously a flute, flute, flute player and saxophone player and Yep, you can play a lot so, of different uh, instruments. <laughs> yeah, it's a part of my story. It's a part of my uh, perspective on music. And and so um, I wanted to be able to voice that in an album in a very genuine way without feeling like, okay, you know, like I have to make a song that sort of like feels completely familiar to people. You know, like songs like Yesterday's Price are just very different from yep. what I have ever put out. So yep. I wanted to have the freedom to do that. And I felt like this album was the perfect vessel to do that and so um, yeah again i guess it's sort of combination of like chronology of like my own personal experiences wow. and how that sort of relates to like my my relationship with my grandparents right um wow. and then their relationships and wow. it's all sort of reflected in that gotcha and did the fact that this is your first album for blue note have any effect on how you approached making this record yeah so not really. I, I'm. I. It's only. It's only uh, one album deal as well. So it's actually not. Mm. It's there's not like a huge. Um, right. Uh, yeah. There is, it's not. It's not like a. Yeah. It's not a terrible investment. And so I, I kind of was like, look, this is the album I want to make, and they were very open to that. And so it felt like a really good mutual respect. And so there wasn't sort of like an, an expectation for what the album would sound like, which right. was very freeing for me. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a very free album. It sounds. It doesn't sound like anybody was standing over you going, "No, you got to do this." That you had the the freedom yeah. to kind of no. here to there to there. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. So I hear it's really nice. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, 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 no. It was, it was a very nice like experience to be able to do that. Yep. Yep. So, and, and there are incidental little snippets and voices that I assume are your family members uh, throughout the record. Where are those recordings that were already existing or did you make them for the record? We lived in an unfinished house. If you look closely at it, you'll see what almost looks like it was going through stages of being built because it literally was. And then once he was able to get walls and a roof up, then we all moved in and then he worked on our bathrooms and so on and so forth. But then when him and my mom divorced, the house was unfinished. Years later, when we were in graduate school, when all my sister's brothers in graduate school, then we pulled our money together. That's when we finished the house. So some of them were already existing, actually. Um, actually, all of them were already existing. One of which, Walls in a Roof, I had actually sort of interviewed my dad just to talk to him about the house that he grew up in, which right. was um, sort of the precursor to the song Unfinished House right. that uh, was a single. Uh, and so that that particular album, or sorry, that particular snippet, sort of I wanted as part of the album to give context to the song Unfinished House, which is about my grandparents' relationship. Gotcha. Sort of the trials and tribulations of that relationship, but also just like, you know, what was built out of it, which was this house that eventually became my aunt's art studio and is very much still a part of the family and um, is, is representative, I think, of just like a piece of history because they were one of the first black families in South Seattle. Right. Um, and so it's just like sort of a story and a piece of history that I felt like, you know, I wanted to attach my music to something that felt bigger than music in some ways. If I was born when you were born, you'd see the sun every 20 foot. The Seattle rain, my shitty amor. An unfinished house, she'll see you around. And the neighbors won't say a thing, no. And musically, that particular track, I, I kind of made me think of Stevie Wonder. And then I noticed when I was looking I at that. lyrics, you yeah. mentioned my Sherry Amore, which I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but you can tell. It me. wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> I also felt I also felt like, um, yeah, like that kind of core that that did feel very Stevie Wonder esque. But then I also felt like <clears throat> it, it was sort of giving light to just like yeah, a little bit of levity to like the fact that uh, yeah, like. The, the story about being about Seattle, but then I was also like, huh, yeah, this is sort of a reference to CV a little bit. So. Right. Cool, cool, cool. And you, you work quite a bit with Julian, and I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, L-A-G-E. Julian Lodge. Lodge. Okay, I wanted to get it right, or at least not get it right. <laughs> and he's an amazing guitar player in his own right. Uh, yes. So what is yes. it that keeps you and brings you together working with each other? Well, I was a fan of his. and He was also a fan of mine. And so there was just this like mutual respect and like admiration for each other and what we do. Right. So it felt like just a really beautiful uh, collaboration in, in two different worlds because he's obviously in the jazz world and I'm very much in like the indie folk kind of worlds, a little bit right. of R&B, obviously. And so I wanted to just be free in the way I approached creativity. And it felt like we just had a, we struck up a relationship through Don Waz at Blue Note connected us he connected yep. both of us and so um, yeah i just always felt like his 
playing style was so lyrical and um he can obviously play a ton of crazy stuff but i felt like we were very much kindred spirits in how i think we approached songwriting and, and musicianship so mm, okay yeah because you do quite a bit of co-writing with him as well as letting him kind of do his thing <laughs> guitar wise so was that the plan exactly. going in did to write with him yeah no definitely it was it was the plan and i wanted to this was very much a collaborative album i didn't want it to feel too like high pressured you know i wanted it to sort of feel free free flowing and sort of something that could be built on top of with, with yep. other artists and collaborators and speaking of that and you touched on the song uh yesterday's price but that's an amazing track i gotta say <laughs> it kind of blew me away thank you thank you <laughs> And you got Emmanuel so Andros in there, uh, who were also Blue Note artists. Um, so, if, if, is there a story behind it? Tell me a little bit about how that all happened. Yeah, so I started that on my own, um, and I, I had that upright bass sound yeah. that I loved, and it was actually fake at first, and then I had my friend replay it, right. and so, um, yeah, it, it was really just sort of that little melody, da -da 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 -da. and I just kind of had it on repeat, and I was like, man, there's something really like fun and driving about this, and so... I sort of formed the song on my own and I felt like, okay, this, this, this could be a really like important song to sort of like exhibit sort of the classic jazz element that is a part of my life that isn't necessarily the only, my only experience with, with jazz or just in music in general, but something that is very instrumental to who I am as an artist. And so I wanted to be able to create that in an earnest way and in a way that felt like genuine and not kitschy. Because right. I think people kind of attach this sort of like, hey, we're making jazz, you know? And so right, I, just, right. I just, I wanted it to feel just like a good song. Like I wanted it to be a good song. I didn't want it to feel like I'm trying to like be a part of a community you know, that, that I, I, yeah, I genuinely do appreciate and love. So yeah. um, I wanted to make sure that, that was important. Right. And what was, uh, I'm Including. assuming it was all recorded live in the studio yeah. kind of thing, but tell me a little bit more about the, the environment it, it was yeah so it was at figure eight studios um in brooklyn uh -huh. and i did some pre-recording so i had to like sort of prepare what i wanted it to sound like and so i did a lot of that and then i showed it to the musicians um and we, we recorded the drums and the trumpet or no sorry drums yeah. and alto saxophone all at the same time with me and so it was me, Emmanuel, and, and Sean Rickman, and then Joshua Crumley on, on Upright. Right. And then I actually sent it out to Ambrose, because Ambrose lives in um, San Francisco. Ah. So uh, I just sent it out to him, and he did that remotely. And right. then I dubbed flutes in. I dubbed the flutes into his part after he sent me the solo. So all those flutes are also me. Right. And so I just, like added those chords into his solo section and so it was a little bit piecemealed but then also a lot of it was was live towards the beginning 
Yeah, yeah. And so, like, when you sent the uh, the tracks to Ambrose, did you give him any dis, uh, dis, huh? inc inclination of what you wanted it to sound like, or did you just kind of go, "Here you go, knock yourself out." I really wanted him to be able to do whatever he wanted because yeah. I, I I also was like looking for because I know his sound and I was like his sound is so different than Emmanuel Wilkins' sound. Yeah. And so I knew that, and I was like, all three of us sort of have a very different approach to, you know, our our instruments. And so I felt like that was that beautiful thing because even conceptually, the song is really about who are you when no one's watching. So yeah. I wanted to make sure that I could have three different people speaking because I'm also saying speech throughout the song, speech. And so I wanted to have three different voices, if you will, to be able to to like demonstrate what I was trying to accomplish with the soloists with the solo element of what we were doing. So I was kind of just like, man, I knew it was going to be, I knew he was going to do something very different and I, yeah. and I couldn't have been happy with it. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Very good. So the, yeah, like you said, the album is called Carpe, which is your family name. And there's a lot of family in the songs and in the music. Um, did you run any of this by your family? Or about how they would react yeah. to it? I, I did, but I also... I did, but I also wasn't too concerned. I'd gotten some, I'd gotten their blessing beforehand. Yep. Um, and I actually had them to sign off on a few things, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was okay. I think they'll get a couple of royalties here, statements Ooh. here and there in the next couple of years. But and we know the big I don't money think it'll be jazz on, life changing. Yeah. 